Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Adam Wells has supported independent tech news directly for about a day. Be like Adam. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, April 30th, 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And I'm Roger Chang, furiously tight. Sarah Lane had to bow out at the last minute. Uh, minor, minor dog thing. A dog's fine. She's fine. But she will not be joining us today. But we do have CNET Senior Editor Ayaz Akhtar. Thanks for joining us, Ayaz. Hello, hello. Uh, Ayaz and I are going to do our best to plow through all of the F8 announcements uh, a little bit later. But let's start with a few other tech things you should know. Okay, an updated Apple support document says its legacy photo editing suite, Aperture, will not run in versions of macOS after Mojave. The document provides steps to migrate from Aperture to Apple's Photos app, if you want to do that, or Adobe Lightroom Classic. Sounds like a better deal. Mm. After two years in beta, the Creative Commons search engine is finally official at search.creativecommons.org. It lets users search for free and public domain content and more than 300 million images. Uh, they plan to keep adding those, too. The images at launch include those from Cleveland Museum of Art, uh, Behance, DeviantArt, and even a set of CCO 3D designs from Thingiverse, and will continue to grow. It also hopes to add fo- more than photos in the future, including some Creative Commons licensed text and audio. And it's very cool. Valve announced its Index VR headset. It has a resolution of 1440 by 600 per eye display, has 144 hertz refresh rate, excuse me, and 130 degree field of view. It comes with two knuckles controllers and can be tracked with Steam VR tracking sensors. The Valve Index complete package sells for $999. Pre-orders start tomorrow for shipping June 28th. Uh, yeah, kind of trolling Facebook with their VR announcements by announcing it on the same day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then tomorrow, I know I said this yesterday, I meant Alphabet, uh, and, and we talked about Alphabet earnings. We're going to talk a little more about Alphabet earnings now. Promise you tomorrow we'll talk a little more about Apple earnings, but they're coming out just as we're recording this show. Uh, and earnings per share, beat estimates, uh, revenue. Just- Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. 
By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed, and Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Just a little bit above a- estimates. Uh, Apple's going to raise their dividend uh, and issue a buyback. Uh, so an un remarkable Apple earnings report. Uh, but always the fun part is when we hear the earnings call a little bit later and find out what Tim Cook and friends have to say. Let's talk a little more about those alphabet earnings from yesterday. Q1 earnings missed expectations. The big revenue driver ad sales did grow 17%, but that's slower than the 26% it grew a year ago. Now, smartphones aren't expected to be the main revenue driver for Google, but they didn't help the problem this quarter. CEO Sundar Pichai cited year-over-year headwinds when talking about the Pixel phones, and CFO Ruth Porat cited industry-wide pressure on high-end smartphones. Now, Google is expected to come out with a mid-range phone at Google I.O. on May 7th, and Pichai also pointed to the new campus and engineering hub in Taipei that Google obtained from HTC as sort of hope for the phone future. And other hardware actually did okay. Porat said that Google is pleased with the momentum of its home devices, and overall Google's hardware sales are growing, just not from phones, I guess. Yeah, one of the things about the Google Pixel is that if you don't know that it's available through Google.com or their actual stores, you might think it's a Verizon exclusive. So a lot of people think, oh, I can't use a Pixel on my network. I think that might be hurting them when it comes to sales. The design doesn't help. That's my own aesthetic issue with it. But I think that's part of the issue of how do you get the phone? And I think that might confuse people. Well, and, you know, I I think a lot of folks are looking at the phone sales because, to to their eye, if ad sales are finally reaching a slow point, which people mm-hmm. have been expecting for years, we just didn't know when, uh, phones might be the thing that makes up the gap, except phones are, are the problem for every other manufacturer of phones. Like successful manufacturers of phones like Samsung and Apple are looking at slowing phone sales and already turning to something else. So I would be looking at Google Cloud Services as a, as a, as a place for Google particularly uh, to pick up momentum in the future. And Alphabet's other bets, they're 
non-Google, uh, you know, made 176 million uh, and they spent 800 plus million. So none of those other bets are starting to turn a profit yet. But the hope is that one of those, whether it's in health or drones or, or some other uh, section, uh, those will start to contribute the bottom line at some point. But I think there's a little bit of panic right now when we're seeing ad sales, which has been the big dollar turner for Google, starting to slow. And there's no obvious error apparent to it. I'm just thinking when it comes to Alphabet, their other bets thing did lose a little less money than I think last year. Still uh-huh. didn't good. make a lot, but 170 is better than 150. I think that was the number. Uh, Samsung Q1 profit was down 60% year over year to become its smallest operating profit since 2016. Falling chip prices and slowing demand for display panels are the main culprit. The semiconductor division operating profit fell 64%. Samsung expects chip demand to rise in the second half. Server makers should start rebuilding inventories, needing DRAM, and new smartphone models will use it as well. NAND flash memory chip prices are expected to continue to fall, but stabilize in the second half. A U.S.-China trade deal could increase sales in China as well. Samsung's mobile business fell 40%. Again, though, Samsung expects demand for display panels and its own phones to pick up in the second half led by new models in the low-end Galaxy A series. Galaxy A has become very, very interesting with, I believe, a flipping camera on one of them and the first Infinity-O display on a Samsung device. Yeah, they're putting a lot of interesting features in the in that low-end and mid-range uh, because, just like Google, they know that the high-end phones have those headwinds. Uh, and they also know that phones are reaching a saturation point. So mm-hmm. with Samsung particularly, they look at their other areas. Now, we don't get a lot about white goods. I assume that 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 is a stable part of the, the Samsung empire right now or financial services or anything like that. But the troubling aspect has been the falling prices for flash memory, uh, the, the sort of uh, inventory glut on DRAM. The inventory glut on DRAM is definitely going to go away and uh, potentially that NAND flash memory chip price will stabilize. That's seems reasonable uh display panels picking up they are expecting flexible displays to be used by a lot more phones later this year i'll be curious to see about that uh i do think that we will see more display panels sold in the latter half of the year as new phones come out more and more so that's probably just a seasonal thing that would help samsung i know a lot of people are probably looking at this and saying oh it's because that samsung galaxy fold uh, got delayed that really wasn't expected to contribute a lot to their bottom line anyway so i don't think that impacts this at all but they did mention that they'll have more information on that in a couple of weeks and they're at least for now i as saying they're continuing to commit to selling the samsung galaxy fold one way or another yeah there's that rumor from at&t at least an email that was rolling around saying that the fold will be released on june 13th samsung has not confirmed that yet i still think you're right about the, the foldable displays they're going to make a lot of money selling those to other manufacturers eventually yeah uh they seem to think that that could help later this year i'm a little less skeptical about later this year but but sure uh but honestly what's going to turn sansom around is dram and nan flash memory chips and as a consumer the thing i'm interested in is oh i better get those flash memory chips now while the prices are still (laughs) falling uh versus the second half when they start to stabilize and maybe start to rise again Garmin announced three new Forerunner smartwatches, the Forerunner 45, starting at $199 at 42 millimeters, or a 45S, which is 39 millimeters, S standing for small. That one tracks activity, sleep, notifications, heart rate monitor, GPS, has a sun-friendly display, and it promises a week-long battery life 
in watch mode, or if you turn on the GPS, 13 hours. Uh, the Forerunner 245 is the next model. That one adds VO2 max, aerobic and anaerobic training effects, pulse ox that measures the oxygen absorption in your blood, and can connect to a running dynamics pod or a heart race uh, chest strap. The 245 starts at $299, or starting at $349, you can get the 245 Music, and that one lets you store up to 500 songs on it and integrates with a, a few different uh, services like Pandora and Deezer. Finally, the Forerunner 945 can do all the things that all of them can do, but holds up to a thousand songs and adds more workout profiles and NFC. So you can use Garmin's own Garmin Pay. It can sort your activity into training categories, and this one lasts two weeks in watch mode. I think 24 hours if you turn on GPS. For all these watches, Garmin Connect is adding female health tracking as well as a new female health app. And this is for things like tracking menstruation and stuff like that. I'm glad you mentioned that you can get these songs via, I believe you said Deezer and Pandora, because I was thinking, does does the modern person know how to take songs and put it offline anymore i mean you can put your mp3s on the here according to this uh release but but yeah i mean most people are going to be like wait what about my music site uh does that work because that's how i do it nobody really i mean fewer people i should say buy songs than used to i'm looking up to see yeah it's spotify pandora and deezer i I know spotify people are like wait just pandora and deezer but yes no spotify's on there too apple music (laughs) is not listed on there though not just yet. Okay. So Bloomberg reported that software used on Vodafone's Huawei equipment in Italy in 2011 and 2012 allowed Telnet access from the internet. Vodafone denies the issues could have allowed unauthorized access to its fixed line network there, and the issues were resolved at the time. Vodafone says it was a failure to remove a diagnostic function after development, and there is no evidence of any unauthorized access. There are so many stories about Huawei potentially being a security issue uh, what do you make of this? Yeah, I, the, this one uh, is the, not that, you know, the, I'm not trying to say that the Huawei could never be responsible uh, for a backdoor uh, or that you shouldn't guard against that sort of thing. I think you should also guard against it with other manufacturers as well. But, you know, that's just good security. This seems to be a Vodafone issue, a Vodafone Telnet issue, particularly that they found and fixed before it was exploited. Uh, not necessarily... Although there's there's a little room for me to be wrong here, but not necessarily a Huawei attempt to get into the network. And I think some of the the sort of culture of of assuming bad things about Huawei blew this a little farther out of proportion than is deserved. But it's certainly not a good thing, uh, and it's certainly embarrassing to Vodafone. Uh, although they're saying, look, we found this in 2011 and 2012, and we fixed it uh, under current rules i think they would have had to disclose that I, I think that's the more interesting thing here is that this didn't bubble up till now yeah i mean huawei's been mired in political issues just in general it's one of the reasons why we can't get some awesome phones in the u.s there's a lot of distrust when it comes to huawei it's like you said once that name pops up people are like wait what's going on what's going on it's like there wait hang on get the whole story and look look uh you know i'll take this opportunity to say i won't be shocked the day someone finds out that huawei had planted a backdoor on one of their routers mm-hmm. cisco uh, planted a backdoor on one of the routers. Why wouldn't Huawei? But I do hasten to add to people that no one's found one yet. There are ways to guard against that sort of thing and detect it. Uh, 
there are ways to get around detection. It, it's an arms race, but it's an arms race for multiple countries and multiple vendors. So I don't like to jump to the conclusion that just because it has Huawei on the name that it is fundamentally insecure. But I'm also keeping my eyes open for that day that somebody does uh, discover something for real. Unlike what Bloomberg reported, where they said there was a backdoor being built into the hardware and then could never get any confirmation of that um, on a different manufacturer, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, Politico notes that Uber and Lyft have both stopped accepting new drivers in New York City starting at the beginning of April. In December, the New York City Council passed rules that require ride-hailing companies to pay their drivers an effective rate of $17.22 an hour after expenses. And that includes their idle time, not just the time they have passengers actually in the car. Now, that results in the companies having to pay more money the more time that cars are on the streets between passengers. So one way to keep your costs down is to limit the number of cars that are out there. Now, this rule comes a few months after an actual cap on the number of vehicles that Uber or Lyft can have on the roads picking up passengers at any time. So that was already uh, putting a little pressure on it. But it's more about this cost per hour that is causing Uber and Lyft to reduce their fleet even more by saying, you know what, we're not going to accept any new drivers because that'll just that the every driver costs us even more because that's a driver that potentially might be sitting around waiting for a passenger. And under this rule, uh, we have to pay them more. Uh, so we want to have fewer cars out there. So they're spending their time picking up passengers more often than not. I mean, a good wage for the drivers is never a bad thing. And honestly, I live in New York City. So having fewer vehicles out there when you're when you're trying to do anything is not necessarily a bad thing either. And if there's a limit to how many vehicles we have on the road, People might use mass transit some more, so we have a lot less congestion. Uh, This is an interesting modern problem to have, that we have so much of a a saturation of so many different uh, ride-hailing services. We've got Uber, we've got Lyft, we've got, I think someone is called Jet, and there's like Via. They're all out here, so they're all competing for the same physical space. So it's a very strange new world. Yeah, I, I think they're especially in a place like New York. Uh, oh, and the yellow cabs. Well, yeah, cab. exactly. And and I think there's some apps that, that you can even get the yellow cabs with. Although mm-hmm. in Manhattan, you probably don't need that sort of don't thing. Need to. Especially if you look like Ayaz does, you just wave and they they stop for you. Uh, but but you know, I'm just saying you're pretty. That's why. Um, but uh, the uh, the the idea that that you would have to limit the number, I think, means that in a place like New York City, you might have to do some efficiency management. Uh, you you might have to to have an ombudsman that that balances this out among the different ride hailing companies. Are you not worried that it would reduce your ability to get an Uber or a Lyft? Uh, currently, since this rules have been in place since April, it's what, April 30th. I've not noticed anything anecdotally. Everything's been pretty much the same, uh, but it, it should take more than a month to suss out, I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, GPEG points out that the app is called Curb. Uh, I think there's more than one, but Curb is one of the ones. Yeah, there's that, Curb, that there's get Get, the that's another one. Yeah. Folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. All right, Facebook F8. Lots of stuff announced, particularly about Facebook. But let's start with the VR announcements. We mentioned earlier that that Valve sort of decided to come out with their VR announcement on the same day. Here's what Oculus announced. Uh, The Oculus Rift S is the new version of the Rift, not the Rift 2. And because it's an S, it's kind of a 
a talk uh, release, not 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 a big generation. This one was built by Lenovo. Uh, it does have insight tracking, uh, meaning it's easier to set up and maintain. And to be honest, that seems to be the big selling point for the Rift S. Uh, the Rift S is sold as, hey, you plug it into your machine so it's a little more powerful than, say, the Oculus Go or the Oculus Quest, which we're going to talk about in a second. Uh, but you don't have to set up all those sensors uh, around your house. Same guardian boundary uh, as the Quest, so it'll tell you when you're reaching the edge uh, of your safe space by changing your view to see outside, so you can see what you're about to run into. Uh, It does not have adjustable displays. It does not have built-in headphones, although it does have better resolution than the previous Oculus Rift. However, they switched to LCD for this, not OLED. The Oculus Quest, I think, is the more compelling one here. Uh, This one does not require a connection to a PC. It provides total freedom of movement. Unlike the Oculus Go, where you're supposed to be sitting, this one you can walk around with, uh, and it switches to that outside view if you walk outside of your safe space. Runs on a Snapdragon 835, which, if you're keeping track, that's what they had in the Galaxy S8. More of a screen door effect than the Oculus Go, according to the TechCrunch review. And Facebook says two hours of heavy gaming, three hours of media watching on the battery life of the Oculus Quest because it's mobile. You know, so you have to plug it in and charge between uses. Both of these are available for pre-order right now for $399 shipping May 21st. Yeah, I thought the pricing was really interesting because it seems like, I mean, VR is usually a huge investment. If you want to have a good experience, you need to have like the HTC Vive has these external sensors. You've got to be able to set them up in your room. you can have a lot of space. If you've got these cameras on the front of these devices, perhaps they would allow a smaller space experience for VR. Uh, CNET Scott Stein explained the Quest as pretty much the, like the Nintendo Switch of VR. Oh, yeah, I thought that Put was it a on and you go. Yeah. And I'm like, that is a really great analogy because it's you want something that doesn't require you to clip on your phone to a mask. You don't want to have to worry about separate parts. You want to be able to work with your devices. But it's it's a... It's a big proposition because I believe he said that it's not automatic that everything that ran on Oculus before will run on the go, not sorry, on the quest. And because of that, that kind of can be irritating. Hopefully Facebook will announce, yes, everything that ran on any other Oculus will run on this, but it's a three ninety nine. They're They're getting close to the point where it's like, oh, that I'll give it a shot instead of going, are you nuts? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think right now there's like 50 titles for the Oculus quest. So, um, it's it's got a lot of things adapted, but I think it does require the games to be adapted. Uh, now moving on to the rest of F8, Mark Zuckerberg came out and said, "I believe the future is private. This is the next chapter for our services," and he's calling it FB5, the fifth version of Facebook. There have been five different reasons for Facebook. Now privacy is the new one. Uh, they hammered this throughout Zuckerberg's speech, throughout all the presentations today. Privacy, privacy, privacy was the message of the day. The Facebook app uh, gets the major redesign, getting rid of the blue bar at the top uh, and trying to feature groups and stories more prominently. That's their focus on making it not just the town square, but also a living room, somewhere where you can talk to people and keep it private. Uh, They're adding a meet friends feature as well. We'll talk about that in a second. So your stories will now be at the top of your feed. Those are people you know uh, and their stories rather than news. They're really de-emphasizing the news feed. Users can now post to groups directly from the homepage. They don't have to go to the group page to post. Groups are also given prominence on the left-hand sidebar on the desktop and in a tab added to the homepage on the app. New tools are being added to specialized types of groups. For instance, if you're in a healthcare app, you can ask to have an admin post on your behalf to keep you anonymous. Uh, There are templates for posting job adverts in the job 
job groups. There's some video game stuff that's specialized. Marketplace is now going to give people the ability to pay and ship directly from within Marketplace. You can choose all of that stuff without having to do it separately. And the Meet New Friends option is an opt-in way to message strangers from groups or companies that you share a common interest in. Both of you have to opt in to say, yeah, I'm open to meeting new friends. Uh, And then you can make some direct connections. The mobile app changes are available now. And the desktop changes will roll out over the next few months. Uh, Also, Facebook dating is launching in 14 more countries. It's now in a total of 19 countries. It started in Colombia, and now it's slowly spreading. They said it will come to the United States later this year. And they're adding the secret crush feature, which is essentially meet new friends, but for dating. Uh, So the secret crush feature lets you select up to nine friends. You can only swap swap out one a day. So you can't just keep spamming it and get more than nine friends. They want to keep it limited. Uh, And you can say, if they're interested in me too, then let us know. If they all also express interest in you, you'll be matched. And if not, no one need ever know you added them to your secret crush list. Uh, so these are these are the new big things in Facebook. Ayaz, what do you think? Well, I think the app getting a redesign is always a pleasant change because you need that visual refresh to get you to understand that this is slightly different. Just hearing Mark Zuckerberg pound on privacy was very strange at first. And even he made some jokes about Facebook not having the best reputation for privacy. So I, I like the fact that at least he's self-aware or at least somebody told him to be self-aware. So <laughs> the it was required him to be self-aware. Somebody reprogrammed him. Uh, so that was pretty cool. The dating stuff, I think they probably just want people to use that as much as they can. So when I add in this kind of, what's the word safe way to do it. So you don't feel too embarrassed. They kept uh, saying again and again, people won't see if you're interested in them. So you don't have to worry about embarrassing yourself. So it's kind of a nice little thing there. The emphasis on stories, I guess I'd see that being a positive because why not change the feed? Because who's using it? Because I know when I see people using Facebook these days, I'm like, why are you using that? Because I barely use it at this point. But I think this visual refresh might make people think of it slightly differently, assuming they actually go full on with their privacy initiative. Yeah, I'm not a big user of Facebook, so I can't speak from experience. But uh, I do like the idea that groups, which is actually one of the few things I do use, uh, should have a better prominence in the main feed because that's where you're talking to people you actually know and want to interact with uh, Mm -hmm. more often. They talked a lot, in case you're wondering, they talked a lot about cracking down on malicious actors and all of that. But we feel like we cover that regularly. And they didn't say anything particularly new today, but they did emphasize that today. I also want to talk about Messenger. Uh, Project Lightspeed is a rebuilt version of messenger that is 30 megabytes so it's about two-thirds smaller than the current app but doesn't lose any functionality and they say it'll launch in less than two seconds facebook says this will take time to roll out uh, but by the end of the year they hope everybody gets it messenger desktop apps were also announced for windows and mac os with full functionality coming this autumn so these aren't like whatsapp where they're mirroring your phone these would be independent apps for your desktop also in the offing is a space within messengers for close friends where you can share stories uh, and even share status including emojis as a way for messenger to just tell people like oh hey he's not doing anything right now maybe i'll message them and hang out with them Uh, also there's a place where users can watch videos together within messenger they're trying to make messenger that living room that private social networks that'll be interesting to watch i don't know how many people want social network in the messenger but it has worked for things like wechat so it's not a bad bet and facebook promises it will eventually make messenger end-to-end encrypted by default though they didn't say when 
couple of developer things to add here. Messenger for devs has added the ability to develop appointment booking and lead generation chatbot templates, provide customer service to verified customers through authenticated m.me links, and they promise that integrated chat across Facebook Messenger, Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp will come someday, although they didn't tell us when. I really like the idea of the interoperability having, okay, if I have a friend on WhatsApp or I have a friend on Instagram, they might not be both on both places. So if you had one place or one access point, it'd be very useful. Considering this company owns all of these things, it seems like they should have been there a while ago, but I know people were resistant to the idea of integrating these things together unless it had the best of all the worlds and WhatsApp had the end-to-end encryption. That seems to be something that people stick to. So hopefully... Messenger will get better with that, and so will Instagram and everybody else, so you can have this one not portal. That's a bad word for that, but one spot. For <laughs> we'll stuff. get to portal in a second here, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, the only thing that annoys me about that is uh, they talk about interoperability is important. We don't want you to have to think about which, uh, which message app somebody's on. You should just be able to get in contact with them. But these are all just Facebook apps. I mean, it's interoperability within Facebook-owned apps. Well, I mean, that's that's better than a lot of other companies. Like, well, this thing doesn't talk to that thing. They should, oh, if it's one company, maybe they should actually work that's together. That's a good start. I'll give you that. It's a good start. Uh, Instagram is going to test hiding the public like count on your photos and videos. So you'd see it, but no one else would see it. This test is only going to be done in Canada. It'll affect the main feed, permalinked pages, and profiles. Uh, also everybody for Instagram getting a new feature called nudges that'll let you know if you're sounding a little too aggressive, a little too hostile, it'll just nudge you, it won't ban you, it won't delete your comment, it'll just say, hey, you might want to think about that, settle down, mister. Uh, new way, a new away mode uh, that will give you options if you're going through a sensitive time and don't really want to say what's happening. Celebrities can now offer things for sales, not just brands, without leaving Instagram. Uh, if you want to buy what Ayaz is wearing, I assume that you're a celebrity enough that this, you'll be part of this mm-hmm. program. Uh, donation stickers for charities in the United States is coming, and a new camera design coming in a few weeks with rearranged features just to make stuff easier to get to. Well, that sounds nice. Yeah. It's just, not, you're, it's just not a big Instagram stuff, user, man. are you? Uh, no. I mean, when it comes to Instagram, I like being able to post things every now and then. The nudging thing sounds interesting. I don't really know much about bullying on Instagram. So maybe this is something that's really necessary, but I haven't experienced it, nor have I seen much on it. So on, when it comes to Instagram, I'm kind of a... Um, it's at arm's length. Yeah, these all sound pretty good. Uh, the devil's in the details on something like nudge, uh, you know, mm-hmm. in, in public comments. Some some phrases may be acceptable between some people and not others. Uh, and real quickly, Facebook Portal, that is the uh, assistant, the video assistant from Facebook, will soon support end-to-end encryption and therefore WhatsApp video calls. A Portal mobile app is coming in the next few weeks to make it easier to manage the settings, and it'll be available in more countries soon with sales beginning in Canada in June and a bunch of European countries this autumn. So there you go. That's what's happening with Facebook. Thanks to all those who participate in our subreddit. You can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com and facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Let's check in real quickly with Nate Langson over across the pond. What's going on, Nate? Well, thank you, guys. Now, who wants to hear a British lawmaker shout at executives from Twitter, Google and Facebook during an evidence gathering session in London this week? If the answer is one of you, then I strongly recommend this week's episode of Text Message, in which you'll not only hear the aforementioned anger, but also a good deal of explanation from me about where the rage came from and why these companies were giving evidence in Britain in the first place. All that and more is on episode 166 of Text Message, available very easily at techpodcast.uk. 
Very apropos when Facebook is making announcements. Uh, go check that out if you haven't yet. And uh, go check out what Ayaz Akhtar has been doing. Uh, Ayaz, what, what's going on with you these days? All right, lots of things. Google I.O. is coming up next week. I'll be at I.O. Uh, we'll be covering it for my show called Alphabet City, which you can watch on YouTube.com slash CNET, or you can go to CNET.com and find it there. Uh, the comment section, you wouldn't believe this on YouTube, is fantastic. If you actually want to be a part wow. of that community, let us know. We'll, we'll put up your uh, messages on Comment Cove, which is a section on our show called Alphabet City. So definitely watch that. And of course, there's top5.cnet.com, which uh, you might see, you know, if you go back far enough, you might see somebody else on it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I still do top fives. I just do them for yes. Tech Republic, which is mm-hmm. the same company. I just do them in a different part of the company. But I'm very pleased that you are continuing the top five franchise at CNET. Well, thanks. Because I see your videos playing on the big boards when I'm walking in. I'm like, oh, yeah, Tom's still here. All right, cool. I feel mm-hmm. like Top five and East meets West that I co-host with Roger are my two longest lasting properties, even though I don't host top five anymore. Eh, by proxy. Yeah. Uh, well, folks, uh, we need your help. There's only one day left to get to our goal. So uh, if you're out running, if you're out walking, if you're driving, make a mental note as soon as you get back home or if you can safely pull to the side of the road, uh, give us a buck. It's not less than a cup of coffee. Like you can't even get a drop of coffee for this amount. A buck a month uh, gets you a commercial free RSS feed to Patreon uh, through through Patreon for the Daily Tech News Show and a whole lot more. There's all kinds of perks in there, uh, including special features, access to our Discord, uh, updates on what's coming to DTNS ahead of time. So for a dollar, you can get all that and feel like you're supporting independent tech news directly. Why not join now? Patreon.com slash DTNS. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're live Monday through Friday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs) Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.